0: Oh, from muggy alabama ah. oh look at the hair look at that hair
1: <laughs> it, the, the the headphones were pulling my hair I had to it's it loose yeah <laughs> 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 i don't that, that's the problem with long hair and headphones yeah. you know yeah i need to get uh little earbuds like like you got <laughs> man how are you i'm good i'm good man we, we've had so much stuff going on i i I kind of told you about you know the new podcast. I don't yes. think I told you what it's for. Did you didn't I tell, tell you? Me. No. Oh, okay. So we're starting a magazine. Wow. So it's going to be print and online, but the print and on the online and the online stuff is actually going to be kind of separate, kind of different. Does that make okay. sense? Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's kind of like a posh arty magazine. So we've we've teamed up with a couple of guys here. One of them is a really renowned photographer. Goes all over the world, does stuff for, you know, some really big name brands and stuff like that. And his name is Robert Rausch. And um, the the, the print version of the magazine is kind of his baby. It's his brainchild. Um, And Shannon and I are both, contributing and and helping and and doing all this you know everybody's got just different roles. it's it's a startup so we're all kind of figuring out but there's a a team of four of us and the the fourth guy is a marketing guru and uh who's been in that business like kind of like madmen type of industry you know for uh a long time and and has worked with the biggest brands out there so yeah anyway it's an exciting venture. We're really stoked for it. And uh,
0: sounds like you're big time in me right now,
1: man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we work with the biggest <laughs> brands out
0: there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, it is. It it does feel a little too posh for Shannon and I right now. I was, I was telling a friend <laughs> that it kind of goes against my punk rock aesthetic. Mm. But um, but I just love working with creative people. Yes. You know, so yes. when I met Robert and found in him a kindred spirit and also a really generous soul you know somebody who um, is like me he wants to collaborate with people yeah. he doesn't want to just like you know say this is all mine and do everything and blah blah, blah put his stamp on everything so he and I are going to collaborate on some photo shoots coming up and stuff like that for the for the I call it, I've been calling it a magazine. It's actually considered a journal. That's how hoity toity yeah. it is. It's a it's a, it's a it's a it's a creative journal. <laughs> so, wow! Uh, so we're we're really excited about that. That's um, great, man. That's really it's called it's called the studio the studio journal and. First issue will be out this summer. We haven't put a date on it because COVID has changed everything. Yeah. So stuff that you don't even think about, paper supplies. Right, right. Yeah, seriously. So to to plan a print of something, especially a print of a type of journal as this one (laughs) where it's going to be super high quality so we're wanting the best paper and the best print quality and all this kind of stuff and to get that lined up right now is not as easy as you would hope yeah yeah for (laughs) sure so anyway i'm glad you guys
0: are doing this man
1: thanks we're really excited about it and um really excited i'm excited about doing the podcast and doing you know something similar yeah to what you do which is just talking to as many interesting people as you can because you know you can never talk to enough interesting people right i
0: totally agree i mean my life is full of talking to random strangers all the time (laughs)
1: literally every week
0: all random danger yeah (laughs) i keep getting educated and my mind keeps getting blown by all the different people and the things they've done
1: you know, um, I know he fell out of grace with, uh, with, with everyone um, and perhaps rightfully so with the Me Too movement, but uh, Charlie Rose mm-hmm. was always a, a big um, influence of mine. And I always wanted to, to have a show like, I always imagined that I would, I would do well with a show like Charlie Rose's show where you yeah. just sit with somebody at a table, very unpretentious, Black backdrop, yeah, plain wooden table. (laughs) And you just talk to the most interesting people out there. And but what is always impressive about somebody like a Charlie Rose is that they come to the table with an immense amount of knowledge, but they have that knowledge because they've already had an immense curiosity. Yes. So that's what you have, this immense curiosity. So mm-hmm. what you what you've been doing for the last how long you've been running now? it's been three, three um, years, three years. yeah, mm-hmm. what you've been doing now is amassing this incredible knowledge base for yourself. So with each interview that you come to, you you've increased and you've and you're coming into that interview now with an incredible amount of knowledge that a lot of people don't have because they're not doing what you're doing. They're not right. talking to all the people you're talking to so it's it's a real i guess you can call it a blessing i mean it's a blessing yeah. to you you are you are uh accumulating a knowledge base that most people will never have uh or or give themselves the opportunity to yes
0: have. yeah most definitely like i'll give you a good example so like today i get like some news sent to me and stuff from like very specific things that i'm like okay i want to learn about this so i want this sent to me so like i want news sent to me about quantum computing uh this is not a thing for me like i'm like i don't know it's like but i'm like i heard this quantum physics quantum computing and then this gentleman wrote this really great article about you know the hype is real about no, the hype is too much hype about quantum computers. And I'm reading about quantum computers and qubits and decoherence. I'm like, you know what? I just need to talk to this guy. I just need to like, know about this. I need to download yeah. this in my brain. So if I come a, I can go into that circle and talk intelligently about quantum computing and decoherence and entanglement stuff you hear in movies. You're like, that sounds cool. You know, but yeah. you know, you don't know anything about it. You're like, I don't know. I'm just
1: and you're it. also not con- convinced that the actor is saying those lines does anything about <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> it's like actors on doctor shows, you know, yeah, are, you know, just yeah. You know, blah, 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 reading the chart. 35 CCs like, on your yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Do you even know what a CC is? Exactly. I, I don't like, think most people do. Yeah. But, yeah.
0: Right. So it's like, I, I've gone this quest to download information, not from just reading it but from people telling it to me and asking interesting questions, hopefully, and gaining insight. And that's what I think we do with the uh, movie reviews. Like, in all honesty, I would have never watched Death on the Nile, probably, if you hadn't mentioned it. Seriously. you know,
1: I I don't want to make this about race. (laughs) But I want to put this question out to you. How okay. many black people do you think know the name Poirot?
0: No. A very black, less than 1%. Black you,
1: yeah, how many black people do you think have read Agatha Christie? Come on. Hercule yeah. Poirot. <laughs> <Like. laughs> so, I sent you that quote I uh from uh Roger Ebert. Mhm. Yes. And it was it was with that thought in mind because the idea is that you can never know enough people right mm-hmm. and that you're learning about people from other backgrounds and things like that and what happens is is that maybe because I'm white I know about Agatha Christie and- <laughs> or, you know Poirot. and you know um but but maybe because I'm white I couldn't tell you the first thing you know uh, um Uh, you know, uh, well, I I don't want to name names, but but let me just say, uh, I was talking to a white person about Black Panther the movie, Mm -hmm. and they said it was their least favorite Marvel movie. Wow, I was like, oh, surprise, surprise! Interesting, a movie with a completely black cast (laughs) is your least favorite Marvel movie. This person, I don't, I'm I'm not qualifying them as racist. Okay, Mm -hmm. they're not somebody who you know. I've ever heard anything racist come out of their mouth until that moment. And I'm not saying that they were consciously sitting there and saying, you know, I don't like this because it's black people. I'm saying that maybe there was a disconnect there, a cultural disconnect there yeah. that maybe put them in a, in a mindset where they just like, didn't get it, or maybe they weren't as interested. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, does that make sense? No, it makes I, sense. I, I guess, you know. And so, so I didn't expect that you had ever even heard of Poirot, even though I grew up watching a lot of these different series and movies. Um, and I will admit to you, I've actually never read Agatha Christie. Yeah. But I've, I've, <laughs> I've watched a ton of Hercule Poirot, and he's. He's, you know, it's fantastic stories, fantastic mysteries, yes. along with Sherlock Holmes. I actually have read, you know, Sir Arthur Cannon Doyle and, and read yeah. the Sherlock Holmes mysteries. But, but I'm always kind of on the lookout for those. I love those mysteries and things like that. And yeah. I love seeing different interpretations of those mysteries. But I don't expect many black people do.
0: No. Actually, I no. watched it with my daughter, my 10-year-old daughter, and she loved it. And we both loved it. And I think it's just one of those things. And I looked at her, I said, see, this is why you watch different stuff. You just never know what you're into. And she's like, that was really good. Like she's trying to guess who did it, you know? Yeah. And I think that's the fun. It's kind of like who did it? And you're being pulled around all these directions. It's kind of like Clue a little bit, you know? Yep. And uh, I could see, look, watching her watch it, she was enthralled by it. And I'm like, this is what happens is we are not exposed. You can say that for anybody. If you're not exposed to something like at all, and you just may have this preconceived notion like, well, I don't like that type of stuff. Like, but you never tried it. Like, and how do you know if you never experienced it? Like,
1: you know, when people say that about like opera or something, and I'll say, have you ever actually been to an opera? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because it's a different experience than to hear something even watch something on a tv or something like that when you're in the same room and you physically feel the air move with the orchestra yes. and these amazing voices and stuff like that and i'm not going to say every opera um is a good yeah. one obviously of course but um but it's a very different experience i was one of those people who never thought i would enjoy opera until i went to one And luckily, Mm -hmm. I did that early on in my life. And then I was like, holy cow, opera is like my favorite thing. And it's amazing, (laughs)
0: actually. Watching it in person is amazing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, I'm glad you really liked the movie. I, 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 you can probably guess, I had mixed emotions about it. (laughs) Simon, this is like totally your thing on every movie.
0: There's always a list of like critiques
1: <laughs> from the moment the movie started. Uh-huh. They start with a flashback, right. right? It's black and white, Yeah. black and white, beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. They have a, uh, a crow or a raven flying down into the um, uh, trenches. Mm-hmm. of world war one this raven flies inches away from the heads and faces of people <laughs> who are staring right in the direction of the raven and they don't react to it yeah completely because we know this is a computer generated of course even and it yeah. and it's flying through here and, and and we know that because we're intelligent enough to just say even if it looked perfect and real we would know this is computer generated because we're smart enough to know that you can't train the raven to do that follow the camera and do all that kind of stuff right however it dawned on me that that must have been added in post without planning for it ahead of time because they didn't have anybody react to a bird flying inches away from their yeah yeah. (laughs) their, their eyeballs So from that moment, I was like, oh, no. Come on, Kenneth. (laughs) Kenneth Branagh is somebody that I have all at once immense respect for. And at the same time, I am confounded by. Mm. I just don't understand him sometimes, the choices he makes. I agree, actually. (laughs) I think he must be a man of supreme intelligence mm-hmm. and artistic vision but sometimes i'm just like he he so often chooses um uh what, what's the word i'm looking for uh um uh the opposite of substance mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah he chooses the a spectacle And I don't know why he chose it. I don't know why he did it. I just don't get it. It, it, Even if you're going back to the movies that I really love, like when he did his, it was his first movie, Henry V. Mm -hmm. So many good choices in that movie. So many great things. And then there's these other moments where I'm just like, what, what, but, yeah, what? (laughs) (laughs) It's confounding. Why, why, why Kenneth? Yeah, and it can be anything from the way he delivers a line to the way he might punctuate something that you feel is the wrong thing to punctuate, and you wonder why he made that choice delivering yeah. the line. Or it could be something like um, having a computer animated crocodile <laughs> attack something, and it looks totally fake. Yeah,
0: completely. You know, it's
1: in in a in a short clip. In between scenes in this movie, you know, Death on yeah. the Nile, so bad. The, the the computer generated effects in it were so bad. It was so bad, just...
0: like under the water and the eel. Like, all, yeah. I'm like, really?
1: That's so bad. <laughs> so you're like, why are you including this? Right, it's poorly done. Yeah. And when you get to the end of that opening black and white yeah. stuff. And you realize that the whole thing was there to tell you why he has a mustache. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and a really bad one. <laughs>
1: yeah. I love his mustache. I, I didn't gotta like say, it, man. I, I, what I is that thing, man. Fantastic. <laughs> That's part of his character and and not so that weird. particular mustache that, <laughs> that they have in this movie. But the mustache is a is an important part of poirot in the in the in the stories i don't believe He's he could big...
0: grow a mustache like that uh, with that type of stuff on his face and the coverage i don't i think the hair wouldn't grow in honestly
1: yeah the scarring i don't probably, think yeah, would, it yeah, would it no, be all you're patchy probably right it would you're be probably, patchy yeah I, I would say you're right about that and and when you so at the end they show him without the mustache yeah and you look at it you're just like well that scarring isn't even that bad
0: it's not bad he could have been like that <laughs>
1: yeah. I don't know. Why I had this mustache the whole time. It looks pretty good. It is weird. <laughs> like... And I know they're trying to do it with this through line of of showing that you know at the end that he's able to maybe move on. Yes. You know from yes. Uh, and maybe entertain the idea of being you know loving someone else other yeah. than. Uh, so anyway, I, I I get that. I don't know if the mustache was the strongest <laughs> way <laughs> to present no, grow that a mustache. <laughs> so there's just choices like that. And there's a lot of choices throughout the movie. And I don't know, I guess this must have been filmed during COVID. because of the date of the release and everything like that so i I understand they must have had some real limitations on how they were able to film where they were able to film and things like that but we know that the technology is out there and and i immediately when i was watching this film i thought about um the new boba fett or not boba fett but the mandalorian Mm -hmm. series on on disney plus well they're using this New technology. Instead of green screen, they have actual screens behind them with the you know that are showing the real okay or or the the landscape imagery behind them and stuff like that. So so you're not being shot on a green screen. There's actually images behind you being filmed, right? Right, right. And even if it is green screen, we know that the technology is out there to do really good green screen. Right, right. So there are quite a few shots in this movie <laughs> where you're just like, that looks like bad SNL green screen. You know what I mean?
0: Like. yeah, When they're talking on the boat and they're like, you see the background and like, I'm like, yeah. that looks fake
1: to me. Like. It looks really so bad. fake. It looks really <laughs> like, bad. <yeah. laughs> Not only does it look bad because the green screen job looks bad but it also looks bad because you can really tell that the green screen stuff behind them was computer generated. Yes. Yes. Instead of going out and actually filming a real location and then compositing that real location. I mean, you don't need to computer generate Egypt. No, the footage (laughs) is there. We've all seen Egypt before. Yeah. It's already beautiful enough. Right. You don't, <laughs> it doesn't need computer enhancement. <laughs> so there's just all these big questions on my mind about why.
0: I knew it why? too. When I was watching it, I was like, Simon's gonna tear these parts off this. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. I said like, it looks so fake. I was like,
1: Yeah, it was. It was just tough for me because you compare that. Now, did you get around to watching the other movie? Was it, did um, you
0: say Wind River? Yeah. I didn't get to watch it. My wife watched it though. She has watched it and she oh. was like, oh, it's chilling. She's like, it's, it's crazy. I, I just didn't get around to it.
1: So when you do get around to it, you'll be able to see what I'm talking about. But, and I won't say anything about plot or anything. I will only say things about cinematography there's never a moment in that movie where you don't think they're in a real place. I don't know if they used any computer generated stuff to do composite backgrounds or anything like that. I don't know that, but I do know. And sometimes I actually questioned it. I mean, this is how stupid I get because they're supposed to be in a really cold place. And once in a while I was like, I don't see their breath fogging.
0: Yeah. So it
1: (laughs) it can't be as cold as they're claiming it is. Right. But that's the only distraction other than that it's like they're in the real snow they're on a right. real mountain they're in the real you know uh and um whereas in in death of the nile you know whether they are or not you are completely convinced they're on a sound stage <laughs> yeah. you know you <laughs> are not convinced at all that they're in egypt they are <laughs> no. in, on a sound stage there is not a moment in Wind River, no matter what the setting is, whether yeah. it's indoor, outdoor, doesn't matter. There's never a moment where you think you're on a soundstage. It yeah. feels authentic and real. Yeah. It's beautiful. Like your wife said, it's, it's chilling. It's, it's haunting. Chilling.
0: Yeah, that's what she said. Yeah. You know,
1: I mean, my wife and I finished that movie and we just couldn't shut up about it. You yeah. know, we we're just like, oh, my gosh. I mean, I had been putting off watching that movie for a long time, actually. I I wasn't really sure what to expect because, and this is what happens. You get people in these Marvel superhero films. Mm -hmm. And you, I I think subconsciously you lose respect for the other stuff they do. Mm. Does that make sense at all?
0: Yeah, because this, uh, Jeremy Renner's in it and Elizabeth Olsen, I think. Right. yes two Marvel think, superheroes okay, Hawkeye and uh you know and Wanda yeah
1: <laughs> there's actually um there's a third person oh from Marvel in it oh it's the guy who and i am blanking on his name he does the Punisher series on Netflix. oh John
0: Berthnall he's amazing yeah I love that so guy
1: he's, he's incredible in too and he's awesome wow he's, he's, aw- great he's awesome he has a very small but extremely mm-hmm. Im- important role, and I can't yeah. say more without giving spoilers. I'll be watching it. So, um, but the authenticity of the acting that was done. I mean, if anybody is wondering if Elizabeth Olsen is actually a really good actress, because <laughs> all they've seen her in is as <laughs> you know the Scarlet Witch in yeah. Marvel. Go watch this movie, man. i mean just go watch it you're just and if anybody wonders if jeremy renner is a good actor because all you've seen him as is hawkeye right go watch this movie (laughs) i mean powerful 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 stuff but you do think like
0: because they're in these like Uh, Marvel movies. You're like, oh, well, maybe they're just not good actors that great. They're just very. They look great and stuff, you know. Yeah, but you know, Robert Downey Jr. had a career before Marvel. I mean, it was like weird. It was weird. It was weird. But he he had extreme
1: ups and downs.
0: Extreme ups and downs. You know, it's like you just don't. You know, you got to really track it.
1: I don't think anybody could have anybody who 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 paid attention to Robert. Downey Jr.'s career prior to Iron Man could have anticipated that he would be the highest paid. Whatever you know, like yeah, I mean, who would have guessed? You no. know, I mean, you, you would have just thought that his career was just going to fizzle out. You never hear from him again after yeah. you know such and such things. Yeah. But, um, and frankly, I don't even know why he continues to work. You know, I, I yeah. don't even get it. I, no. I don't. I don't. I mean, he must have a passion for what he does because right. when you make that kind of money. Why aren't you just living on your private island, you know, <laughs> doing whatever it is you want yeah. to do? Why would you ever work again in your life? I, I always think that about these actors who do these huge mm-hmm. movies. Right. I, I just wonder why do they ever work again?
0: Right. What's Keanu Reeves doing? Like, you know, he's been in like <laughs> massive, massive
1: franchises that have been massive hits, like crazy. And I haven't seen much growth as an actor. (laughs) No, really, Simon? (laughs) So so you wonder where the passion is coming from to continue working.
0: I don't know, man. It's something to do. (laughs) I
1: mean, speaking of Kenneth Branagh movies, um, he was in Much Ado About Nothing, Mm -hmm. the Kenneth Branagh adaptation of Shakespeare. And I mean look at that cast list. You've got Emma Thompson, Kenneth Branagh, Denzel Washington, Michael Keaton, you know, the list goes on and, yep. and that's just naming the actors who you don't always associate, you know, with, with Shakespeare. You actually associate yep. them with lots of other things. Um, the, the, then, then you have Branagh's core Shakespearean actors that he brings in on these films who are just, you know, out of this world good. Yep. And then you have Keanu Reeves what the heck is he doing in this? <laughs> but, he was a, but he was a big, yeah. I mean, I, I say was big, like, like he's not big anymore, but, <laughs> but he was a huge young star at the right. time. But, I, but once again, I'm like, this is, those movies, as, as far as I can tell, are Kenneth Branagh passion projects. Yes. They did well at the box office, but they were Kenneth Branagh passion projects You screen test Keanu Reeves. Here we go. And and, and, and you, Kenneth Branagh, say, yes, he's going to be the villain. In my 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 compliment to Kenneth Branagh in that production of Much Ado About Nothing is that Keanu Reeves is barely in it. (laughs) (laughs) What a compliment. (laughs) What a compliment. (laughs) Well, I mean, Emma Thompson steals that show. Yes, yes. How you steal a movie from Denzel Washington is amazing.
0: Truly amazing.
1: Denzel Washington is, might be my, I mean, he's, he's probably, he's definitely my top five favorite actors of Agreed. all time. Agreed. Even movies that I didn't enjoy that he's in. Yes. I am still just awestruck by him in that movie. You know His what intensity
0: I mean? is strange to me. Because it's almost like he speaks the language of acting. I'm sure like you, like there's some comedians that I think like, I think like this is just who they are. Like this is like, they're fluent in this language of comedy, of acting. Yeah. like you don't even have to try, like it's just who they are. He's like one of those guys to me. It's like, oh, this is like, no every movie is like no big deal. Oh yeah, sure. (laughs) I feel like other people are trying really hard to nail the performance. You're just like, listen, you what? What do you want? I mean, pick a movie. I'm good. You know? yeah, <laughs> I got it. Training Day. Yeah. Okay, I'll be the villain. Uh, like, oh
1: man! <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. Talk about one of the best performances of all time. <laughs> training Day. I mean, I mean, seriously. He says lines in that movie that out of any <laughs> other actor's mouth. You would have rolled your eyes at yeah. his, his King Kong line. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you would have rolled your eyes at any other actor delivering that line. I
0: know, But it's right?
1: legendary because Denzel said it. Yeah. That's Jake, the I didn't know you like to get wet. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I mean... I, that that just incredible performance after yeah. incredible performance and yeah. I, I i just um i i actually haven't seen either will smith's movie that he won the oscar mm-hmm. for or denzel's macbeth that he was nominated for i ha- I haven't had the opportunity to see either of those films i've seen yet. king
0: richard before and uh will smith was excellent in it i mean it was
1: i have no doubt he embodied i embodied the role incredibly yeah. well yeah yeah that will smith to me is is somebody who um proves that somebody coming from a comedic background is actually is they they just seem to naturally have the acting gene
0: yeah does that make sense yeah
1: and that that's not universally true i've seen comedians who are (laughs) horrific actors you know (laughs) But there are so many comedians out there, or somebody who comes from a comedy background who goes into drama, and they just understand timing. Yeah. They understand how to deliver a line. Yeah. And I think it's comedic timing. Comedic timing translates to dramatic timing. Yeah. You know, you know how to deliver. And that is something that somebody I think who, comes from drama first yeah they they i I think they they have a much harder time transitioning to comedy or learning how to deliver a line yes and i I think that's a that's really like i say that's not a universal thing but it 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 tends to be the case and will smith i think really shows that he proves that you know yeah who who would have thought the fresh prince of bel-air would have been, you know done right. so well in these these really heavy roles you yeah know. and then to go on um, to play
0: like one of his first movies i'm gonna mess up the name of the title i think it was like six degrees or something like that or seven but he plays a uh a gay uh actor yeah. i mean a, a gay person and like that was like one of his first movie roles and what a choice especially for back then um, yeah when that just wasn't being done um for and a lot of people don't remember that movie that he did that i
1: actually i've never seen it yeah it's really
0: it. good but it's like you're like whoa way it come out the gate like yeah. this is interesting
1: choice i'm um, assuming this is mid 90s yeah yeah so this is kind of era like when philadelphia yes movie came yeah out, oh like man that.
0: philadelphia are you kidding me yeah are you kidding me too yeah giants together yeah. i mean phew. i mean give me a
1: break one of the roles that I think people forget about that is so good is Antonio Banderas. Yeah, as the. Boyfriend. Yes, yes, so good. He doesn't get. I never hear anybody talk about his his uh, performance You're right. in that movie. So good, man. Amazing. I mean, everybody involved in that film was amazing. It's one of my <laughs> you know? favorite
0: movies. I've watched that movie so many times. I'm yeah. so good. <laughs> I'm...
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, back to Kenneth Branagh. Just, 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 so we stick on there. So, uh, in this film, what did you think about the acting performances?
0: You know what's interesting Death to me? So, Knot? like <clears throat> Gal Gadot. I don't know how to say her last name correctly. That I think it's Gad Gadot. Gadot yeah. Wonder Woman. Aka Wonder Woman. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not a big fan of her acting. I don't know what it is. There's something off to me mm. about how she delivers lines. I, I don't know what it is. This is me. This is my Simon moment. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let me give you my Simon moment. There's something there that just I don't connect with emotionally with her. Mm. There's something off for me, and um. Who's the guy? Does it, is, does is it, it our... come off phony? Yeah, it, it's just kind of like. I don't or, know. or is it just
1: kind of like it doesn't, or, or it just doesn't. So what she's I'm not a to natural actor between. To me. Yeah, yeah, what I'm trying to differentiate between is: Do you feel like she she feels phony when she's delivering lines, or does she just not um, give a performance that's very moving?
0: it's just not moving. And I just don't think she's a natural actor. I think Mm -hmm. obviously she probably would disagree with me, but this is just my, they just, it feels like she's trying really hard to deliver it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just, it's okay. It contrasts with Denzel. Denzel looks like he just doesn't care. Like he's just doing it and it's amazing. And like, she looks like she's really trying and delivering it and she looks great, but there's nothing, there's nothing there. Just like nothing there for me. I don't know that's just my no, personal take I, on
1: it, yeah I get that completely um the guy Army Hammer
0: Army Hammer, yeah, that's his name.
1: What did you think of his performance?
0: you know mixed about yeah. it, which is funny because I really like the movie, but I still am doing my Simon here, right okay yeah. <laughs> like, when they mixed, cut, yeah.
1: when they cut to him crying over her death yeah shannon laughed out loud (laughs) me
0: too me too i started dying i was like that's terrible
1: (laughs) and for a moment i was actually distracted by her laughing and i couldn't decide if because i felt like once it got into the scene that his crying was convincing like his emotion was convincing I think they just cut at a bad moment. <laughs> like, like that was the wrong moment to cut to. You know what I mean? <laughs> I
0: didn't and think about it that de- way.
1: <laughs> these are the decisions. These are what, like, like the decisions I that I question about Kenneth okay. Branagh's films. Yeah. Where I'm just like, why did you cut to that? <laughs> like you were watching this, and you you cut to it. And you were convinced that that was the right thing to do. And I just don't yeah. understand why you thought that. <laughs> <laughs> I just... It
0: was like, oh, it was like, honestly, I was watching with my daughter, like I said, and I was like, I looked at it, I said, you've done that before. Like where I started laughing at you because it sounds so over the top <laughs> like yeah. when you've cried yeah. like that.
1: <laughs> and maybe that's it, that because Kenneth, and this is what I've kind of been leading to this whole time, that Kenneth Branagh comes from the stage.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: When you come from sense. the stage and you cry on stage, there can't be subtlety in your crying. Right. got to Because you're reaching the back. Yes. Film's different. The camera is right in your face. Yes. You do not need to project <laughs> to the back row. You, are, you need to create an intimate moment Yes. as if that person is sitting right next to you. Yes. And I just don't think Kenneth Branagh always remembers that. And that's the
0: genius of Mike Flanagan in uh, Midnight Mass. He nailed yes. that on all yes. levels. I'm not going back to that, but just as an example, that's the difference, I think.
1: Yes. Yeah, where even the impassioned um, preaching. Yes. It's like he's yeah. in a small church. He doesn't need to project to an auditorium. He's only yes. projecting to about 10 rows back. Right. And you feel that. Everything feels. So I come from playing in bands. You know, yes. Played in lots of bands over the years. And the, the discussion oftentimes goes back to drummers.
0: Mm.
1: where you can tell a drummer who is a nuanced drummer versus a drummer who just just hits things for Mm. for lack of a better way to play. Okay. Okay. A nuanced drummer looks at the size of the room and knows how to play to the size of the room. Mm. The other drummer Plays as hard as he can, as loud as he can, and he doesn't care about the size of the room. And I feel like Kenneth Branagh is that drummer. Yeah. So, and that... When it hits, it hits, and it does really well. Like, when when Kenneth Branagh nails it, he nails it. Yes. And when he doesn't nail it, you can really tell. He's... but, But... this is kind of a backhanded compliment to say he's always hitting as hard as he can. Right. Right.
0: That makes a lot right. of sense.
1: So, you know. So and, and there's just sometimes where you just want to tell him Kenneth this is the wrong time to be hitting that hard. <laughs> right. Yeah. You need to pull some punches, you know. Right.
0: Yeah, throw <laughs> a change up every once in a while, okay, man. Yeah. It's like, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What did you think of Kenneth Branagh's performance as Poirot? Now, I actually, now, this thought it is was your, good. This is your first time with the character. I've seen at least three other legendary actors play this role. Mm. And so, so Kenneth Branagh is actually this is his second movie as Poirot. He also did Murder on the Orient Express, yeah, which is probably Agatha that. Christie's most <clears throat> famous novel or mystery and um i didn't bother to go see it i'm gonna be honest yeah, with you yeah. I, I was like eh, kenneth brana as poirot not convinced i <laughs> haven't even seen it i'm not convinced. <laughs> however i i gotta say i really liked him as poirot. i liked him
0: yeah i thought it was good the accent was a little uh i actually had to put on subtitles a little bit because i was like i don't understand some like how he's saying this i, I know maybe that's just me but yeah. like i was like it's a little heavy in parts like yeah. so thick in parts and then i wouldn't do it do it but and this is totally true i know the mustache thing we talked about it it was very distracting for me <laughs> like the mustache was so over the top looking i just yeah. kept staring at it it was yeah. like like you said, hitting too, it was almost like it was hitting too hard with the mustache. Could have been a little yeah. bit less, like, I mean, like, but overall I liked his performance, yes.
1: Uh, other actors have gone for just like the-, the yeah. waxed, Curled, you sure. know, mustache and, and uh, it looks very good. Um, Kenneth Branagh it brings a very different production value to these yeah. things. Uh, so much spectacle in a Kenneth Branagh production. Yeah. Which is really interesting because if you go back to Henry V, the stuff he got right was that he was a very dirty Henry V. exactly. Like the final battle scene, which many battle scenes since then have almost copied, Mm -hmm. takes place all in the mud yep and it's dirty and it's gritty and everybody's wet and they look everything looks heavy. Every movement looks heavy yes. because they're in armor and they're wet and in the mud and everything and it's it's not a glamorous battle scene. And Henry V is not a what I would consider a glamorous production. Yeah, it's a very good looking production, but it's a very kind of gritty, dark looking production. I haven't seen him return to that form ever since then. Everything yeah. since then has been like trying to capture something of maybe like Hollywood's golden era of mm. epic filmmaking, you know, yes, where everything yes. is, is a bit cleaner than it should be. Everything's a bit brighter than it should be everything. You know what I, you know what I'm saying? I totally get that. Yeah. And, and, and to that, um, uh, to, to, to your point, you know, even his mustache. Now, Poirot is supposed to be an intensely vain individual, yeah.
0: yes. so
1: everything about him should be immaculate, and I think he nailed nailed that. But he to your point, that. the the mustache is probably it
0: was a little over top for me. You know, uh, but I thought he was great. Actually, my favorite person in there, uh, I don't know her name, but um, the woman she plays Maeve in Sex Education on Netflix and uh, i think she's a british actor but she's like the scorned lover supposedly Oh, <clears throat> in the end and uh, she she, was she oozes sexuality she oozes intensity and she has great screen presence and i was and i was like man yeah. she takes me there she, actually she was she's the opposite yeah. of gal good like i feel like she just shows up that dance scene in the beginning with her and army hammer I felt that oh gosh i felt yeah. the i felt the sexual tension the energy and she was just like a beast and animal and i was like that's that's my favorite right there <laughs>
1: yeah she I was liked amazing that. i i liked her and i like and i'm really bad with names i meant to actually have the names in front of me and i'm i'm ill-prepared i'm sorry but the <laughs> no. uh, the actress who played the jazz singer, oh man uh, blues blues she was so good. Okay, so there's actors who come on with the guitar and you know they have no idea how to play the guitar. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I do
0: know what you're talking about, yes.
1: One of the most um uh in uh inspiring things about the movie Back to the Future is that Michael J. Fox learned how to play the guitar yes, yes. to do the role because most actors wouldn't and you just see them moving their hands around <laughs> yeah. and you're just like that's not even a chord. that's not <laughs> your hands are you look like an idiot and I don't understand why they think they should be getting away with that I don't understand yeah. why directors think they should get so away bad. with it from the get-go I didn't cast beforehand and once I saw it was I recognized that actress um But when she first comes on and you're the cameras following her to the stage, once again, in a moment that makes no sense, by the way, (laughs) because it's not like they were in an era where it would have made no sense for her to have some hundred foot long guitar cable running to her amp and then to walk through a dancing crowd. Once again, Kenneth Branagh chooses (laughs) spectacle over anything that makes any sense whatsoever. Yeah. However, as a guitar player myself, I am either consciously or subconsciously watching her movements as she either is playing or pretending to play. I actually don't know Yeah. because she, I was so convinced. I thought she was just, she was a musician they hired to play the band of, uh, you know, mm-hmm. in, in the, in the show until she turned around and I recognized her face, you, you know, was, and yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and so I was so impressed. I was just like, she convinced me so she either actually knows how to play the guitar or she actually took the time with the music and with somebody who could you know help her uh, you know instruct her on how to look like she knows how to play the guitar (laughs) because we there's there's no faking it to another musician you know what i mean right um, yes. you, you either took the time and did your homework, or you didn't. <laughs> right, of course. You know, and 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 that's just true of probably any tradesman who's watching a movie and watching somebody, whether they're pretending to be a carpenter or a bricklayer <laughs> or you know whatever it is that the actor's supposed to be. Right. If somebody is in that occupation, they're watching, it, and you're like, you have no idea what you're doing. <laughs>
0: it's so true. You don't know the first
1: <laughs> thing about this. Very disappointing. That's I, I can't even imagine being a doctor watching one of these hospital dramas. Oh, it's
0: so bad. <laughs> I have a lot of uh, physician clients, and they're always like, "These shows are just ridiculous. They're just yeah. so ridiculous." I'm yeah. like, I know. It's, it's entertainment, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like with the piano, right? They usually don't they don't let you see the fingers, and a lot of yes. these directors. But then, like yeah. you see, like a Jamie Fox who was a gifted pianist, you know can play Ray Charles and actually play the songs because he's, he knows how, he knows how to play.
1: Yeah. It's like and amazing when
0: somebody does that.
1: When you do an AB A, comparison. Yeah. It, I mean, uh, of somebody who doesn't play and is just pretending, even though you don't see their fingers, they're just pretending they're kind of doing <laughs> little movements and stuff, but they, you know, you can just tell from the get go. Yeah. They have no idea <laughs> what they're doing. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> They're just hitting as hard as they can. They the just—that's like time. the theme. Just hit as hard as you can, <laughs> baby. Let's see where it falls. <laughs> give, give me a give me a grade for Death on the Nile, um, A through F. I'm gonna say a
0: solid B. Yeah, a solid B. I really liked it. Uh, I thought like the CG and stuff was the most egregious part of it. I think. And then maybe the main actors were my favorite, but the I would say the secondary actors were better to me. Yeah. But I do like the whole kind of murder mystery thing that I found very interesting. So uh, I love Egypt. I think it's an awesome thing. It was a little weird how they put it together, but overall, I was like, man, this is a, this is a quality couple hours
1: of my time. Yes. I was impressed at the way... Um and great mysteries series and, and movies can always do this um, if 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 you enjoyed this and and you would be interested in other british mysteries yeah the series endeavor on Am- is on amazon prime mm. and that's one of my favorites interesting it's 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 it, it is exactly what you would think i would enjoy
0: okay <laughs> a lot With of talking lots of, simon
1: lots of people <laughs> talking <laughs> it's lots of <laughs> very few action sequences uh-huh. you know but very thrilling to me yeah because you are constantly you, you know you, if you've been watching these kind of mysteries you know before then you kind of get into the game I just see. like you mentioned before it's like a game of clue yeah it's like so a- when i start to watch an episode or a movie of this kind and and Endeavour, it's one of these BBC series where um, it's a series, and there are seasons, but each each uh, episode is basically a feature length. I see film. So, um, and they're just so incredibly well done, and, and 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 so the whole time from beginning to end. I'm trying to solve it before they do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and once in a while I do, most of the time I don't, you know, there's some other twists or something, you know, there's something else. And, um, uh, I always feel like I'm getting pretty good at solving the mysteries before, you know, but I'm, I'm usually off by a little, you know, usually just, just not quite, I don't quite have it, but anyway. Um, and so going back to my main point, I was impressed at how, I didn't think they were going to be able to connect all the dots as well as they did. Yeah, at the end of it came this together
0: movie. nicely.
1: How they were able to explain why Poirot was so coincidentally in different places with different characters right. when he was. And I was afraid that this was going to be another one of these movies that depended too much on chance and circumstance. Yeah. But it didn't. It actually had a very intelligent way of explaining why Poirot is in these different places and interacting with these different characters, the way he is. And, uh, and so I was impressed by that. By the end of the film, I did think it was a very intelligently made film. Uh, Even if I didn't agree with all the production, you know, that went into the film. I was like you. I gave it a solid B. And I feel like we're in an era if, if a movie doesn't get an A, then people think that you don't didn't like it. <laughs> no, but it that's good. just not the case. I yeah. thoroughly enjoyed the movie. Me too. And I only bring out the weaknesses to say, you know, um, uh, Kenneth Branagh is a problematic filmmaker. Yeah. And he's a problematic actor. However... If his biggest problem is that he brings too much passion to whatever he's doing, then please Kenneth Branagh continue to be a problematic filmmaker, because I just feel like that's what's missing in a lot of other productions is not enough passion. And just, I I, I hesitate to use words like this because I think they sound silly when you say them, but daring. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like Kenneth Branagh dared to do that. Yeah. And I didn't agree with it and I didn't like it. But (laughs) he had the audacity to do that thing. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Do that thing. Do it. It was
0: good. It was really good. Solid B. I actually think I need to watch Wind River. It's on my list. And maybe that's next up because that uh I don't know.
1: it, like i said to you in that text i sent, it is a really good comparative yeah thing to this you know and it's not because it, it it lacks what i was just saying the passion of things like that but it exhibits that passion in a very different type of filmmaking yeah wow i think if i remember correctly it was written and directed by the same it was a writer-director who, who made this film.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you can just feel the passion with which they wanted to tell this story. Yeah. And it is a masterclass in how to tell a story that has a supremely important message behind it. Yeah that doesn't get lost in its own messaging.
0: That's great. I got to watch it. It's it's down. I'm doing it. And then we got to discuss it. I think it sounds important. I like to to discuss important things like that. Yeah. That's what we got going here. This is our (laughs) masterclass. Diamond and Darian saying a bunch of stuff. We like your movies, but we're going to tear them down a little bit.
1: (laughs) We're going to tear them down. And then we're, and then we're going to tell you how much we actually did like them. Yeah, exactly enjoying something has nothing to do with the quality of the movie does it no no it has nothing to do with the quality of the filmmaking or anything like that sometimes you just enjoy something despite it and uh i actually had this conversation recently with somebody about guilty pleasures yeah of
0: course
1: and um i wouldn't even say that this is necessarily a guilty pleasure Mm -hmm. this death on the nile i I think it was a good movie for anybody you know sure Um, yeah
0: anyone i think so
1: but, but we all have what we call our guilty pleasures. And I really actually don't like that term. Just call it a pleasure. Yeah. This was a pleasure and just own it. Just own that you it. enjoy that thing. And you don't have to make any excuses That's for right. liking it. That's exactly
0: <laughs> right. Well, Simon, this is always a pleasure, not a guilty one. It's always yeah. a pleasure spending time with you, man. You too. Uh, Until the next time, man.
1: All right. Talk to you soon. All right.